This is Fantasy Book Club. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Book Club. This is the Internet's book club and just by listening, you're a member. My name is Colton Pratt. And I'm Sydney Lyerly. And we're reading through Way of Kings with Brendan Sanderson. We are, in fact, doing that thing. It is the uh, first book of the Stormlight Archives uh, and we are nearly halfway through actually. Uh, yeah, we're we're getting there. We're making some solid progress on this book. It genuinely feels like we've already, in like a quarter of the time, read the entirety of Warbreaker. Like just like yes. the amount of book is like we've already read Warbreaker in yes. like a quarter of the time it took us to read through yep. Warbreaker. <laughs> yep, indeed. If you, have a, if you didn't follow us through that and you like Warbreaker, go back and read that with us. We have that's our first season. You can go back and find it. We would love if you listened. Yeah. Um. But this week, what chapters we read, Sydney? So this week we read 29, 30, 31, 32, and thirty three. Quite so it was quite a bit. Um, we also have quite a bit coming up for next week. Mm. So next week, read chapters 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, and 39. Holy crap. <laughs> they must be short so, chapters. Th- yes. They must be relatively The longest short. chapter for next week is 40 minutes. Oh, that's about normal. That's about a normal length. But there are two that are 13 minutes and one that's 14 minutes. So some shorties. So some short ones. Fair enough. Uh, so again, 34 through 39 for next week. So it's just a lot of chapters. It's not much more reading than this week, but just a lot of chapters. Nope. Uh, it's actually less reading than this week. Really? Yeah. Interesting. All right. Now we're going to get into it. I, I go first this week. We start with chapter 29. Uh, and we have finally began part three of the book, which we is have. this part only includes, it's called dying, which is not a good sign. <laughs> yeah. And it only inclu- includes da- uh, Kaladin and Shallan chapters. Shallan, 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 Shallan. So we lost, we lost Dalinar and Adolin, but I think it's worth it because we gained Shallan. I miss Shallan. Also, can we talk about the little drawing of uh, Carbranth? Carbranth. Carbranth. Yeah. That uh, we have here. It's it's cool. I like it. That's it's, all. It's weird because I don't, I don't. I think this is from a book. I don't think this is Shallan's art style because Shallan is like realism. Yeah, no, I this don't think so. Realistic. No, that doesn't look realistic either. I, it feels like it's drawn pulled from a book. Well, it also says Shallan. underneath it, it says view of the city of bells from the port to the conclave connected by the uh, what does that say? I can't read that. Kalinsultra. What? It looks like K A L I S T R A. Something like that. Where do you see a T? Okay, K. A L I T S. Oh, that looks T-R-S-A. like a R S A. Oh, Calistra. Calistra. Maybe that looks like a U to me. It's weird. the The font is weird, and in Sydney specifically, it's very tiny. It is pretty little. But yeah, it, it seems like it's not drawn by by Shalon. No. It's drawn by somebody else. I but agree. Now, also, we have a, a new thing. No longer do we have death rattles or letter bits. Yeah. Sydney, you have to guess what these are. So we're gonna go oh, first. Oh dang it! We've got to rename them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Here's what it says. The ones of ash and fire who killed like a swarm, relentless before the herald. Oh, wait. These are book bits. (laughs) (laughs) The double B. (laughs) We have our BBs. We got got our BBs. We got some book bits I mean, that's what they are. They're from books. It says page 337. They're book bits. Yeah, but what are these book bits from? (laughs) From books. Oh, yeah, but why why are these book bits more important than other book bits? I don't know. There's specific quotes that are important. Yeah, okay. Uh, and that was noted in Mousy, page 337, corroborated by Coldwin and Hasav. Yep. All right, we're going to get Indeed. into it. This is a, this is a Shalon chapter, which is exciting. We haven't seen Shalon in a minute. Shalon, 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 Shalon. And it opens, Shalon is talking by Span Reed, which we learned about last week, yeah. uh, to her brothers in Yaakov Ed. They're from Yaakov Ed, right? That's right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and basically, the brothers are just like saying, essentially, good job getting uh, into Yasna's good graces. Good yeah. job getting under her skin, getting your nails in to steal that freaking thing. Because <laughs> if you don't remember, Shalon is planning to steal uh, Yasna's um, thingy majigger. Uh, what is that hugger called? Her soul caster. Yes. She's planning to steal Yasna's soul caster. Um, and so that that's her plan. Um, essentially, Shalon is just talking to her brothers about how it's been going. Uh, she plans to maybe try and become a bathing attendant in order to get um, access yeah. to, the, to the thing. Because the only time Yasna takes it off is when she's bathing. Yes. Or when she's sleeping, but she keeps it like in a locked room. Yeah. Um, and we hear a little bit about how the brothers are like keeping up now that they're trying to pretend like their father isn't dead. Yeah. So we hear a little bit about they're like they are doing like um, basically being little sneakers, little sneaky guys. Uh, they, their brother, one of the brothers had like a gambling addiction and they're using that to hide the fact that they're, they need more money. Yeah. So the brother who had a gambling addiction is selling furniture and pretending like it's to feed his addiction instead it's to feed the family. Yeah. Um, um, they're, they're still struggling though a lot. Yeah. Uh, they're not, things are not going very well for the, I don't remember what their last name is. Yeah. Family. <laughs> um, and basically now that they, they're, they're, there's men who came who are very dangerous and basically we have at most a few months before yeah. we go under and get like attacked, right? Yep. So we have a few months of like being able to keep up this ruse before you need to come back and help us. So Shalon has that on her back now, I guess. Yikes. <laughs> That's rough. It is rough. Um, so she she's uh, a little bit stressed, but then there's a time skip. Yep. Uh, I didn't miss anything important in that conversation, right? Oh yes, you did. Oh boy. Actually, um, so <laughs> uh, one of the someone that was close to their father, his name is Luesh. Luesh died. But we find out that he had this symbol, like so. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nambalat, who is uh, Shalon's brother, has his wife or his girlfriend or yeah. whoever. His wife, um, wife. Yeah, has her draw because she's the one writing. Yeah, has her draw a picture. It's not a great picture, but draws her this little sketch of this symbol. And basically, they found when um, the guy named Luesh died, they found it on his body, like a pendant with the symbol on it. And one of the guys who came searching for the soulcaster, because the people who were coming yeah. were looking for the soulcaster that they found out that their father had, and he had it tattooed on his hand. So Luesh had it, and the and the guy who came looking for the for the soulcaster yeah. had it. But we don't know what this symbol is because Shalon doesn't know what it is either. Basically, three diamonds in a weird pattern. Yeah. All right. Now we time skips forward. Yes. Uh, and basically Shalon is thinking like. Man, I love studying. I'm in this beautiful library, and I'm having a great time studying. Yeah, she doesn't want to leave. Yeah. Like, she's really, really... We see this throughout this chapter and through her one of her later chapters. She's really dreading having to yeah. leave and, and yeah. not finish her studies. Uh, she also says, man, I'm really starting to hate the Alethi monarchy in her studies. Yeah. And Yasa raises an eyebrow and says, is that so? Because she's part of the Alephi monarchy. She is part of the Alephi monarchy. Yikes. Yikes. Well, apparently what the deal is, is there was a movement uh, from the time that she's reading called the uh, uh, Assuredness Movement, yep. where everybody had to talk, or had to, like the, the fashion was to talk in a way to like imply that you are 100% confident. Yeah. That you are correct. Yeah. And so uh, she hates that because it's like, you might be wrong and you should acknowledge that. Yeah. Which I think is a fair place to be i would yeah yeah um but the assuredness movement was like you know how there's like movements in science in the real world too where the idea of like yep. during this time everyone spoke in this way because yeah. that was what you did yep that that's what she's dealing with um and 
Shalon doesn't like it. In fact, she she titles this chapter here because she says, it doesn't seem like they're arrogant. They will say something wrong with so much passion that it's more like error against. Yes. Like it's not arrogance, it's error against. Um, That's a fun word, error against. I do want to say something that I think about a lot in these kind of books. Okay. That wordplay works in English. They're speaking a lethe. Yeah. So like what it... Th- that happens a lot in, the, in these books where there's there's wordplay, and I genuinely every time think they're not speaking English. That wordplay wouldn't necessarily work in their language. Well, maybe Alethi is English. Well, they, there's also there's also English wordplay when they speak Vaden. Like yeah. they just wordplay happens, and you just have to assume that like it always works in the other language as well. Yes, but I mean, the book itself is in English. Yeah, that's so it makes fair. Sense. I, I guess I wonder how do they transfer. Like if they translate this to Spanish, is there like a similar good? Uh, is there a Maybe, similar good uh, pun that they can make, or that it's like, is the Spanish-speaking population just supposed to assume that the pun works in a different language? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um. Anyway, back to what we were saying. Sorry about that for that little interruption. Uh, you're okay, Colin. Oh, thank you. That's what they're here for. Uh, yeah, they're here. <laughs> they're here to hear me. If they just they just read. They don't need me to tell them exactly what happened. They're just here to hear me talk about it. Exactly. Um. Anyway. Uh. They are are doing some chitting and chatting uh, with uh, Yasna and Shalanar, basically. Yes. Uh, talking about, like, the studies that they're doing. And then Yasna acknowledges that Shalon, you have quite a mouth on you sometimes. Basically saying, like, you, your little quips are, are, at first, it seems like she's saying they are unappreciated. Yeah. But then as it goes on, the conversation goes on, it, Yasna makes it clear, like, no, cleverness is a good. Your 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 uh, old tutors who used to try and like train that out of you, punish it out of you, were idiots. Yeah. Because it's good to be clever. We like cleverness. Um, what we don't like is uh, uncontrolled cleverness. Mm-hmm. And when you just punish a person for being clever, what you're encouraging them to do is um, just pretend like be better at sneaking it out when no one's looking. Yes. So it makes her bet more like get it out before they can before they can catch you. Yep. And so it makes you even more fast to stay the rude thing instead of getting rid of it entirely. And what it also will do is um make you basically have a challenge. Can I say something so clever they don't even get the joke? Yeah. And so it, it encourages her more than anything. And Yasin's like your tutors were idiots. I want you to be clever. I want you to control it. I want you to use it in a moment where it's appropriate. I want you like that's kind of the idea that that uh Yasin's trying to instill yes. into Shalon. Yep. Um, and then they, they discuss about what Shalon was being told to research, which was the assassination of, um, her dad. King Gavilar. Yeah. Her yeah, dad. The assassination of Yasna's dad. Yeah. Um, and Shalon. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Shalon's dad also was dead. Yeah. But, but not the same thing. Yeah, It was Yasna's dad who got assassinated yeah. by the assassin in white. Yeah. And basically Shalon says everyone has their own opinion and they're all saying it like it's fact. And that makes me so mad. Fair um, enough. Honestly, that's fair. And then they also talk about uh, a little bit about, she's like, why am I studying this? This doesn't matter. Yasin's like, I thought a young woman would like a cool assassination story. Yeah. Like, this, I'm, I'm do, I'm, perhaps I'm having you study this because I think you would like this. And Yasin, Shalon feels a little bit like, oh, wow, that was nice of her. I feel bad. Just a tiny bit bad for, for throwing a little baby fit. Honestly, fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then eventually, uh, am I skipping anything important? Can I skip right to the king? Um, yeah, I just think it's interesting that, um, Yasna is having Shalon study this because we know she's still trying to find out what happened to King Gavilar and who the assassin in white is. Yeah. And so I kind of wonder if, um, 
she's having Shalon do this because she's hoping maybe Shalon will find something that Yasna's missed. That's a good point. Like that's that's what I think is the part of the reason. Like, yeah. I think she's saying that it's because of this reason, which it might be, but I do think I do think that maybe she thinks that yeah, Shalon so will see something that Yasna missed. Uh, maybe that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good my guess. Theory. Good theory. Um, real quick, also, uh, Yas- Shalon takes a little memory to remember exactly what Yasna is studying in that moment. Yeah, it's a book called Shadows Remembered. Yep. Um, and then they hop in, and uh, while they're sitting around, the king suddenly kind of just like walks in, and nope. uh, Yasna surprisingly is able to to react with like purely grace, nothing else but like. Your Majesty, and get it going. You know, Terra Vangian. Terra Vangian is the which king. is a terrible name. <laughs> it's a great name. Terra Vangian. Um, but anyway, uh, so they were they. The king showed up, and he asks if they can have lunch together. And the king, they set up a, everyone sets up a table. The little servants do, and they set separate colored tablecloths so that the man and the woman aren't technically dining together. Because I'm on the red tablecloth and you're on the blue tablecloth. So we're not dining together. We're dining separately. Because that's like taboo for a man and woman to dine together. That's so dumb. <laughs> it is stupid. But it's kind of neat that they did it that yeah, way. Yeah, no, it, it is interesting. It's a neat idea, but it is dumb. Um, Shalon spent some time thinking about the fact that the, everyone thinks of the king as an idiot. But Shalon's like, he's not an idiot. He's just like super kind. Like he's not dumb. He may... But, like, unless you're incredibly smart, you're going to get torn apart in the politics. Yep. So he's not dumb. He's super kind and cool. But he's just not, like, a genius like the other people are. Yes. Um, And then Taravangian asks Yasna about her her heresy, her her uh, refusal to, like, follow a religion. Yep. And she basically is willing to to uh, talk to him about it, which I appreciate. Like, he, she's willing to be like, no, this is why I don't believe and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and... It's, it's, you know, I actually, I like the, I like the, the way she handles it. Yeah. She's willing to talk about it, but she's unwilling to bend on it. Yes. She's very respectful with his beliefs, but is also aware of what her beliefs are and isn't willing to bend on them. But I do appreciate that she is willing to listen regardless and respect his beliefs too. Yeah. It it also, Tara Benjamin then asks... Where'd you find that, that, uh, what's it called? The Soulcaster? The Soulcaster, yeah. Ooh. And Yasna kind of like dodges the question. And Terry Vangian says, I stand by my question after a little bit of conversation. Like, where'd you find it? And Yasna responds with, uh, I stand by my evasive- evasiveness. I'm not telling you where I found this thing. Yep. Uh, Theory, where'd you find it? Huh? Oh, sorry. I zoned for a second. Yeah. Where, where'd you get it? <laughs> uh, so I, hmm. I don't know. I really don't have a theory about it. You would have no way of guessing. I was going to say, I don't have any theory about this because I literally have no idea. Fair enough. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you. Yeah. <laughs> I think she magically found it. Actually, I think she got it from the Parshendi. Oh, interesting. I have no idea. That's, I'm I mean, that's a good guess. Spewing out random things. <laughs> that's, you know, when I ask for theories, that's all I hope for. Okay. Just say something. Okay. <laughs> well,. My theory for the day is I think she got it from the Parshendi. Fair enough. I don't know how, but I think she did. And then they go for, uh, Tara Benjamin asks for a portrait. And the king, uh, basically the king is like, the other reason I came is because I heard he's, she's a great a great drawer and I want a portrait from Shalon. Yeah. And the king sits back. Shalon uh, takes a memory. And the king is just a baffled that Shalon like, can do it without him sitting there. Honestly, baffled too. <laughs> um, 
And can we just do a little a little dramatic reading of, of this little interaction that happens? Yeah, absolutely. Let's get it. Actually, wait. Something happens before a dramatic reading that we need to say. Uh, really quick. They, as they're doing their little, uh, as he sits for a, po- a picture, Shalon takes a memory, and they're going to start doing the drawing. And uh, Yasna and him have a discussion about uh, religion as Shalon sits and sketches and watches the conversation. Yeah. So we kind of, we, we, I said to read it a little bit before I meant it. Here is now when we're going to do the dramatic reading, starting now. For an uncomfortable moment, the only sound was the scratching of Shalon's charcoal on her drawing pad. She worked with quick, scraping motions, disturbed by the things Yasna had said. They made her feel hollow inside. That was particularly because the king, for all his affability, was not good at arguing. He was a dear man, but no match for Yasna in a conversation. Well, Teravangian said, I must say that you make your points quite effectively. I don't accept them, though. My intention is not to convert, your majesty, Yasna said. I am content keeping my beliefs to myself, something most of my colleagues in the devotaries have difficulty doing. Shalon, have you finished yet? Quite nearly, Brightness. But it's been barely a few minutes, the king said. She has remarkable skill, your majesty, Yasna said. As I believe I mentioned, Shalon sat back, inspecting her piece. She'd been so focused on the conversation, she just let her hands do the drawing, trusting in her instincts. The sketch depicted the king sitting in his chair with a wise expression. The turret-like balcony walls behind him. The doorway into the balcony was to his right. Yes, it was a good likeness. Not her best work, but... Shalon froze, her breath catching, her heart lurching in her chest. She had drawn something standing in the doorway behind the king. Two tall and willowy creatures with cloaks that split down the front and hung at the sides too stiffly, as if they were made of glass. Above the stiff, high collars where the creature's heads should be, each had a large floating symbol of twisted design full of impossible angles and geometrics. Shalon sat stunned. Why had she drawn those things? So. <laughs> so. Let's get to the more important matter. Did you, what What are, Sydney, what are those things you see? Um, so I'm not really entirely sure what they are, but they give me like some creepy old ghosty vibes. <laughs> yeah. So she drew two dudes that are standing in, in outfits too stiff. Like, they, they yes. shouldn't fall that way. Yeah. And their heads are, like, geometric symbols that are, like, too complex for her mind to, like, kind of understand. Yes. Um, and she drew them subconsciously. She was not yeah. thinking about what she was drawing when she drew it. Yeah, and she, like, she looks back and that wasn't in the memory either. Yeah. It, it, like, she, she doesn't know why she drew that. And there, there's no one there now either. Either So it's not yeah. like, so, S- Sydney. Yes. What happened? What was, what's the deal? Well, I think it's, I kind of think maybe it was in the memory. She just didn't realize it. Like, it was something there that, like, had had appeared and disappeared so fast that she didn't realize it was there, but her brain kind of caught Caught it, it. but she didn't fully know it was there, and so while she was subconsciously doing it, she drew it. What do you think it is? Um, I don't really know. Some kind of creepy spy dudes. Creepy spy dudes (laughs) whose head are lines? I know. They don't got a head. That's what's throwing me off. Is the fact that they're not? I don't. I don't think they're real creatures. It's not a human. No, it's definitely not a human. But it's human esque. Um, it has it human-esque, has human proportions. Yes. Inside. I think it's some kind of like, I don't know. It's like a spy for something. I I a do think it's some something. kind of spy for something that they're spying on Yasa. Fair enough. Maybe it's the Parshendi. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they. You know the 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 angle head Parshendi. Yeah. The, that that little species. Yep. Um. 
Anyway, now we're back to it. Uh, yeah, Shalon desperately hides this drawing and promises to do another one. And so that happens. They're like, let me see it. And he, she's like, no. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, they, they, Yasna and Shalon do a little bit more chatting just about uh, like ancient times and the the rule, the role of art and keeping our tongue in check and all these yeah. different things. Yep. Um, but I don't think, is there anything else that is, that is super important to mention before the chapter ends? Um, oh, they make, Shalon makes her argument. Yeah. You, yeah. If you're going to use morality as part of your argument, then you can't, you can't um, dismiss the feeling I have in like, like when I, when I pray to the almighty, I have a feeling in my heart. Yeah. If you're going to use your, your morality as an argument against the God, you can't dismiss my uh, feeling of God as an argument for him. Yes. Because so many say, I can feel the presence of the Almighty. You can't dismiss that as this, like, a hallucination if you're going to use your own chosen morality as your argument. Yeah. Which is a good argument by Shalon. It is a pretty good army- argument. I and agree. now the chapter ends with Shul- uh, Yasna sending Shalon off to finish off do- redoing the king sketch. And now Which we move she's on. she's struggling with. Yes. And now we move on to chapter 30. Whoop, whoop. It's you. It's called. <laughs> <laughs> After she whoop whooped, Cindy and I just kind of made awkward eye contact as we were both waiting for the other person to talk. Yeah. Um, it's called Darkness Unseen. And I'll read the little uh, book bit. But real quick before we get into it, this chapter does something unforgivable. It humanizes Gaz. I know. <laughs> it, it makes me kind of feel bad for no, Gaz. Same. Anyway. We'll get to that. Yeah. So the little book bit at the beginning says they're. Wow, I cannot read today, you yeah, guys. Yeah, you're doing I'm good. I'm struggling real it's good, hard. It's good, it's good, it's good. It says, they were suddenly dangerous. Like a calm day, they became a tempest. And this fragment is the origin of a Thalen proverb that was eventually reworked into a more common de- derivation. Derivation. Derivation? Derivation. I believe it may reference the Voidbringers. See Ixix. Ixix? Yep. Emperor, fourth chapter. Question. I love that I could say ick six on the first time, but every but other der- word's been a not struggle. Not derivation. I can't. Um, quick question. English is a struggle for me today, guys. I'm really sorry. Who's writing the, the descriptions of what the cl- the segments are? Um, I could actually be... Actually? Actually be. It could be, um, like, the author of The Way of Kings. Are, are it's you, Brandon Sanderson. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> You think you think everything is the fictional author of the Way of Kings? I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what yeah, are they? What I is don't know. from the from the few we saw so far? What is the common thread? What are they? What are they researching? Uh, Voidbringers. I don't remember what the other one said. I'm not gonna lie. I already it, forgot. Okay, that's fine. Continue. <laughs> Move on. Um. Okay. So we're with Kaladin this time around. Love him, which is exciting. My favorite boy. Um. Me too. Uh. So he's walking out of the the barrack in the morning and all. 29 other men are following him, which is the entirety of Bridge 4 now. Yep. So that's really awesome. They've been doing the uh, the food thing every night. Um, the little campfire. So now yeah. they're they're all like respecting Kaladin as their leader. Um, yep. They don't necessarily all trust him, but he does appreciate the fact that they are still like, you know, following him. Granted, right. some of them are being threatened by Rock and Teft, but they're still doing they're it. Still, they are still doing it now, which is really, really great. There's something, he says something uh, here that's uh, good. He, oh yeah, he'd eventually need these men's loyalty, but for now, he'd settle for obedience. Yeah. So the people that are being threatened, he's like, I know you don't trust me, but for now, I'll settle for you just following me. Yes, yeah. Which I appreciate. Yep. 
So that's that's really awesome. Um, and then the, the chapter skips, and we get something completely different. Yeah. So we get to see Gaz's perspective, oh. which is wild and completely changed for a hot second my opinions on him. And, what, and like, I was like, what? Immediately, he does a great job. In the first like two sentences, uh, you make it make, makes you feel bad for Gaz. Yeah. Read don't not as a matter of agreement. Read the first little paragraph that happens. I will. So the first paragraph about of Gaz Gaz's perspective says Gaz had never gotten used to having just one eye. Could a man get used to that? He'd rather have lost a hand or a leg than that eye. He couldn't stop feeling that something hid in that darkness he couldn't see, but others could. What lurked there? Spren that would drain his soul from his body, the way a rat could empty an entire wineskin by chewing the corner. So that that sentence alone. Made me feel so bad. Also, I didn't realize Gaz only had one eye. You, I don't know why I missed that. <laughs> they, every time they say his name, they say the one-eyed bridge leader, but it's okay. I just, I, I don't know. I guess I just missed it. That's funny. Um, But he talks, he like thinks about the fact that every time he moves, there's darkness that follows him yeah. because he's missing an eye. And Instantly so feel, makes you feel bad for him. Yeah, I feel really bad for him. And then we meet the worst dude. Yes. Which is crazy because this is Gaz. Yeah. Um. We meet Lamarill, who is Gaz's superior. He's a light eye, a very uh, low, very light low. Eye. He is landless, so he doesn't he doesn't have any land. Uh, he's very low. He's, he's essentially he's one step above dark eye. Yeah, um, and he is worse than Gaz in my opinion. He this mm. dude is terrible. I hate this man. Yes, he also he one he is uh basically forcing Gaz to pay him back for some kind of blackmail. Yeah, he's blackmailing Gaz. We don't do we know what do we learn no, what we he has? We do not know what it is for, but he is blackmailing Gaz. Um. So Lamarill comes up to Gaz and is like, you owe me twice. Like Gaz pays him and he's yeah. like, you owe me twice as much as this. And Gaz is like, well, that's all I have for now. Like you'll get the rest later. And Lamarill's like, okay, well, be glad I've kept my mouth shut. So mm-hmm. Lamarill knows something about Gaz that he's blackmailing him for. Yeah. Um, And Lam- Lamarill sees Bridge 4 training. So Kaladin and Bridge 4 are training in the distance. And the carrying stuff. Yeah, they're 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 watching. La- Lamarill and Gaz are watching. And Gaz is, or La- Lamarill's like, you kind of have a problem here, it would seem. Yeah. And Gaz is like, hmm, I don't see a problem. They're fast. They're good. And Lamarill says they're in- insubordinate. And Gaz hey, is like, you want to, Hey, hey, hey. You want to take one more run at that one? Insubordinate? You nailed it that time. They're insubordinate. <laughs> my brain is not. We're chilling. My brain is running faster than my... No, my mouth is running faster than my brain is right now. Happens. I just... I can't. I'm really sorry, guys. For you listening to this, I'm really struggling. I'm trying my best, but English is not yeah. my friend today. If this is your first episode, what in the world are you doing? And then also, <laughs> uh, forgive us. We're normally better. <laughs> I just... I've been really struggling with reading today, apparently. If this is your first episode, why are you starting here? <laughs> why are you starting in the middle of the book? Go back Go back to the beginning. We have some great bits and bobs and jokes. Bits and bobs. Beginning of this book. Don't go back to the beginning, beginning. We sound dead boring in the first couple <laughs> episodes. I listen back to them. I'm like, wow, we sound exhausted all the time. Well, we were recording those episodes at like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, we're much better now. We do these in the middle of the afternoon now. Yes. The problem is we pick the day that I have to be up at 5.45 a.m. <laughs> we're doing our best. I blame that on my brain, why my brain's not working today. We're doing our best. Okay, anyways, back to Lamarill and Gaz. Um, so Gaz is basically, well, I don't see a problem here. And Lamarill is like, really? They're, yeah. yeah. You think they're following orders, but they're only following his orders. Right. Like, and basically Lamarill says, Bridgemen exist for one purpose, Gaz, to protect the lives of more valuable men. And Gaz is like, really? 
And here I thought their purpose was to carry bridges. How has a person in the first time they showed up ended up being my least, like the bottom of the bottom five? Worse than Gaz. Yeah. How have you, how have you shown up and within like a paragraph of your first sentence, I'm like, I like you less than these terrible people we've seen so far. We've hated Gaz the entire book. Yes. And suddenly this man shows up and I'm like, I hate you with everything in my bones and yeah. body and everything. Yeah. Um. But yes, yeah, so they just kind of talk about this and basically they come up with a plan or Lamarill's like, you need to get rid of him. Like, yeah. you need to find a way to get rid of him. He is a threat. I can't believe you don't see this. Like, the real soldiers are talking about this guy. Like, yeah. he is a threat. We need to get rid of him. But you can't but, stab him in the back. Yes, you cannot kill him be because if he is killed, it will look suspicious. What we have to do instead is make sure somehow he dies on a bridge run. He needs to die on a bridge run so that it's not suspicious. Can I read what he says? Yes. That one has to fall on the field as he deserves. Make certain it happens and get me the rest of the money you owe. Or you'll soon find yourself carrying one of those bridges yourself. You'll soon find yourself carrying one of those bridges yourself. It does say that. that. Yes, that does. Mine doesn't say that. Or you'll soon find yourself carrying one of those bridges yourself. That's not what mine says. What it does says, yours say? It says, or you'll soon find yourself carrying one of those bridges. There's no second yourself. Mine has a second yourself. There shouldn't be a second yourself. I mean, that's okay. I mean, grammatically, mine is correct because there's mine could be also a be you'll find yourself doing this thing by yourself. That is also yeah, technically correct. Yeah, but it sounds worse. I wonder why mine... Mine must be an old, old version of this That's book. That's hilarious. I didn't know that people edited it afterwards. I didn't know that was a thing people would do. That's funny. Yeah, so um, mine's unedited, apparently. So when you read that, and I was like, what? That's, that's so weird. I didn't know that he edited <laughs> this. Weird, weird, weird. Yeah. Anyway, continue. So anyways, um, Lamoral then then leaves, and Gaz is just kind of looking out, and he's like, oh, man. He knows Lamoral is dangerous because he's a light eyes who has nothing. And so he thinks he can try and take everything because yeah. that's the only way he can have any power. Yeah. Is by just ruining the lives of the dark eyes he's under or, or who are under him. Um and I just kind of feel really bad for for Gaz at this point. Here's when another... I first started reading this section, I was like, Oh yeah. well now I literally read it and my first thought was crap. Gaz is no longer the worst character in the yeah. book. And I actually feel bad for him. I don't want to feel bad for Gaz, but I felt bad for Gaz. Gaz continued to watch Kaladin's crew, and still that darkness waited for him. Like an itch that couldn't be scratched, like a scream that couldn't be silenced, a tingling numbness that he could never get rid of. It would probably follow him even into death. That's so sad. Good way to make you feel bad for a character you've hated. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um. That's, that's terrible. Yeah, I don't know. I never thought I would be like, poor boy. It is pretty But I bad. kind of am sad. Um, no, same. So uh, it's the chapter switches again, and we're back to Kaladin's perspective. And basically, they are working on taking the bridge up and putting it down. Um, so they're, they're practicing. Yeah. And uh, once they finish, they are, like, all smiling and talking. And it, there's just a really great attitude. And, yeah. like, just a lot of great things happening in Bridge 4, which is really awesome. Um, he thinks about the fact that there's been uh, two, like, it's been a fairly easy two weeks uh, since last time we saw Kaladin. Um, but they're, are, they're still losing Bridgman at a rate that's way too fast. Right. Their Bridge 4 is very, very low at the moment on Bridgman. They only have 30, counting Kaladin. Yeah. Which is not great. Some of the others have close to 40. And even with and, the milk money, it's running low. Yeah. They 
are trying, they're still getting, yeah, the knobweed sap, they're selling it, but they have more injured that are back that they're right. trying to take care of. And it's just, it's not going very well. The others seem to think it is, but Kaladin knows in reality this is not going very well. As often the leader does. Yeah. It's like so, everyone else is like, it seems so good. And the leader sees all the issues. Yeah. So he's trying, Kaladin's trying to figure out a way to stop anyone from like getting injured during, um, during the bridge runs, mm-hmm. and he spots uh, Gaz like watching him from a distance, and Syl comes over and is like, "Gaz is planning something." This is the first time we've seen or heard from her in like a while. I know I miss Syl. I miss Syl. We haven't had any really good conversations with Syl recently, and it's sad. Yeah. Um. But uh, so Syl comes over and is like talking about the fact that he was talking to Lamarill, right? And she's like, "They're planning something," and Calden's like, "Well, Lamarill's his, his superior. Like they have to talk to each other." Right. And Syl says, I didn't like their expressions. Dark, like thunderclouds. I didn't hear what they were saying. I noticed them too late. But I don't like it, particularly that Lamarill. And yeah. Calden's like, well, he has light eyes. Uh, so they just kind of talk about that, the fact that, that the fact that they might be up to something, Yeah, it seems. Uh, obviously, we know what it is, but Calden doesn't. Um, and so Calden uh, goes and goes over to the the craftsmen and at this point in the book the craftsmen are used to Kaladin coming over and like mm-hmm. doing odd having like odd requests and they're kind of okay with it the craftsmen are pretty chill yeah I'm I like fan, that I'm a fan of the craftsmen I'm pro craftsmen I'm pro you know, craftsmen as well I'm pro almost every profession other than like other than like leader uh, <laughs> so far everybody in this army seems chill except for the people in charge of the army yeah that's just unfortunate well, the soldiers have been pretty pretty crappy too so I guess yeah. maybe they, they don't count yeah um well, they so Kaladin looks at like the different bridges that are in the middle of like being made and stuff, um, and just kind of talks about about those. And he's trying to figure out a be- better where a better way. Gosh, I cannot speak. A better way to carry the bridges uh, so that they can um, get across without without being without being hurt. Uh, and he actually comes up with a very very risky idea. Yeah. So yes. we know he for, he has yet to figure out why the bridge run or the uh, bridgemen aren't allowed shields, so he hasn't figured that out yet. Well, he kind of has, but he refuses to but, accept it. Yes. He's kind of said, like, it feels like they just want us to die, but that can't be right. Yeah. It is right. Um, It is right, unfortunately. But uh, he, you know, has... he He's unsure why they don't let him wear shields or use shields, but he's like, well, we kind of do carry one on our backs. Right. So this is going to be a risky idea, but it's the best thing I can come up with. So, time skip forward again. And now the bridge four is back to practicing, and we actually find out that uh, he has named four people squad leader of like different groups. One of them being Moash, right? Which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, but basically, they're working on holding, um, uh, holding the bridge sideways, like to their side. Yes, to try and like Kaladin doesn't tell them why this is at first, but basically the idea is the arrows would shoot the side of the bridge and miss them, which right. is honestly a genius way to do it. One giant team shield, essentially. Yeah. Um. So they uh, start to practice that. And uh, after they, they're they finished practicing, so the four uh, sub-squad leaders are Rock, Teft, Scar, and Moash. Right. Um. So they kind of split off into their own separate smaller groups to practice. And uh, Moash comes over and is like, why did you make me a leader of a sub of of a sub squad? And Kaladin's like, well, because you resisted my leadership longer than a- almost any of the others, and you were flat out more vocal about it than any of them. Mm-hmm. And Moash is like, what? That doesn't make sense. 
And Cowden's like, well, you you are very capable and intelligent. Like you hold your beliefs. Like you you know you aren't swayed super easily. And I need that. And yeah. Mosh is like, oh, well, okay. That's and fair. It's the end of their conversation. Makes well, me quick, not hate Moash as much. Moash said, uh, I don't think you're a gift straight from the Almighty. I don't trust you. And when Khaled asks, why do you why do you obey me? He says, I guess I'm curious. And then he goes to do his like little bridge squad leader duties. Yeah. Um, but basically, I don't hate Moash really anymore. I'm still not a huge fan of the oh, guy. I'm not a huge fan of him either, but, but he's, he's getting better. Kaladin has a, has a way to make people seem less terrible. Yeah. He's improving. Moash is definitely improving. Um, time skips forward again, and we're back to uh, Gaz's thoughts again. And Gaz is watching uh, Bridge 4 carry the bridge to the side, and he's like, what the heck what are, are you they doing? doing? And uh, Kaladin go- or Gaz goes over and talks to him and is like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this thing? And Kaladin's, Kaladin says, well, you know, this is a way to use different muscles, like, you know, just trying to do different things. So he's basically lying to Gaz because he doesn't want Gaz, obviously, yeah. to know the real reason. Um, uh, but Gaz is like, this is just stupid. Like, this is a terrible, a terrible idea. Like, you're about to stumble over each other. We don't need you to fall and die. And while he's talking to, to Kaladin, he realizes that, you know, this could cause a disaster. Yeah. And he's trying to get Kaladin to die during a bridge run. So let's let him do it anyways, is basically Gaz's decision. And that's basically the he end of the chapter. He also says, this is an important thing. He says, I'd very much like to see you make a plateau approach carrying the bridge that way. Yeah. So this He's is important later. It. But it's important later that Gaz does say, go for it on a plateau approach. Yeah. Like, that comes in handy later that he actually did say those words to him. Yes. Um. But that actually makes me hate Gaz again. A little bit, a little bit, <laughs> But for sure. I, I definitely still feel bad for him. And Lamarol's worse, for also sure. also worried about the fact that without, with Kaladin gone, he's going to have to find another way to give the money to pay Lamarol back. Yeah, Lamarol wor- sucks worse, for sure. But yeah. not necessarily as bad as, as Gaz anymore. Yeah. Okay, you ready? Yep. N- is there any theories about that one? We kind of see what happens yeah, next. Yeah, no. not really theories. I don't have any theories. All right, uh, chapter 31, Beneath the Skin. This is a six years ago chapter, so it's like Cal. And... Uh, Cal is is studying, and his dad is there, and his dad is drunk for the first time he's ever seen him drunk, essentially. Yeah. Um, and part of the reason is, uh, well, one, his mom is away, and two, uh, the new uh, Roshon, the new Bright Lord, like City Lord. Yep. Uh, he basically told the people to stop paying him if he's not going to charge, and so they're kind of running out of money to to work on. Yeah. And uh, Liren's kind of saying like, "Don't come back to this stupid, terrible town." After you become a king, uh, a surgeon, just stay there and sir and help people. Yeah, because he's kind of become salty a little bit, a little Honestly, bit upset. Honestly, fair. Yeah, for real. Fair enough. Um, and he basically Roshon is trying to uh, force Cal and his family to spend the spheres that they believe. Roshon believes that he stole the spheres. Yeah, like he he on the deathbed of the pre- previous city lord uh, that his dad like had forged a fake document, uh, forcing the spheres into his hand. You know what I mean? Yep. Um. And, yeah, see, he's a little bit drunk and very sad. And Kaladin uh, is sitting there and he's thinking about, he mentions in his head, I'm still considering if I wanted to be a surgeon or warrior. Yeah. He just, he th- said right now is leaning towards being a warrior. Yep. Uh, but has to do it in like a sneaky way so his dad can't tell that he's going to go do that. Yeah. Um, And then suddenly there's a thump and a scrape on their door. Thunk. 
Something like that. Nice sound effects. <laughs> Thank you. I should, be, I should be a Foley artist. Um, I mean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Kaladin's really scared because he's like, it, it's a white spine. It's something come to kill us. It's it's terrifying. I'm terrified. And then Liren just walks over and opens the door. And there's a dude standing there with like a black mask over his face who jumps when the door opens. And, That's so um, funny. Imagine you're coming to break in and the door, you like make noise on the door and the door actually opens like, <gasps> yeah. oh my gosh, there's people home. Crazy. I would like to give a little reading of what happens next. Okay. Let's do it. Didn't expect to find anyone inside, did you? Cal's father said. It's been years since there was a theft in the town. I'm ashamed of you. Give us the spheres. A voice called out of the darkness. Another figure moved in the shadows and then another. Stormfather. Cal clutched the folio to his chest with trembling hands. How many are there? Highwaymen, come to rob the town. Such things happened more and more frequently these days, Cal's father said. How could Liren be so calm? Those fears ain't yours, another voice called. Is that so? Cal's father said. Does that make them yours? You think he'd let you keep them? Cal's father spoke as if they weren't bandits from outside the town. Cal crept forward to stand just behind his father, frightened but at the same time ashamed of that fear. The men in the darkness were shadowy, nightmarish things, moving back and forth, faces of black. We'll give them to him, one voice said. No need for this to get violent, Liren, another added. You ain't going to spend them anyway. Cal's father snorted. He ducked into the room. Cal cried out, moving back as Liren threw open the cabinet where he kept the spears. He grabbed the large glass goblet that he stored them in. It was covered with a black cloth. You want them? Liren called, walking to the doorway, passing Cal. Father, Cal said, panicked. You want the light for yourself. Liren's voice grew louder. Here! He pulled the cloth free. The goblet exploded with fiery radiance, brightness nearly blinding. Cal raised his arms. His father was a shadowed silhouette that seemed to hold the sun itself in its fingers. The large goblet shone with a calm light, almost a cold light. Cal blinked away tears, his eyes adjusting. He could see the men outside clearly now. Where dangerous shadows had once loomed, cringing men now raised hands. They didn't seem so intimidating. In fact, the cloths over their faces looked ridiculous. Where Cal had been afraid, now he felt strangely confident. For a moment, it wasn't light his father held, but understanding itself. That's Luton, Cal thought, noticing a man who limped. It was easy to distinguish him, despite the mask. Cal's father had operated on that leg. It was because of him that Luton could still walk. He recognized others, too. Coral was the one with the wide shoulders. Balsas was the man wearing the nice new coat. Liren didn't say anything to them at first. He stood with that light blazing, illuminating the entire stone square outside. The men seemed to shrink down, as if they knew he recognized him. Well, Liren said, you've threatened violence against me. Come, hit me, rob me. Do it knowing I've lived among you almost my entire life. Do it knowing that I've healed your children. Come in, bleed one of your own. The men faded into the night without a word. That's, so that's the end of that chapter. And that's so awful. I feel so bad for Cal and his family because they've done nothing but good for these people. Yes. And they're being literally horrible. Because for, of Rashon. Yes. It's just awful. Good way to make me hate Rashon even more. Oh, for sure. Despise Rashon. Right. Um, spies the man. Yeah, really, really, really sucky thing to do. Yeah. All right, that's the end of the chapter, though. I don't think there's anything to theorize, really. No. Just kind of shows that Other everyone the hates the family. That, they want yeah. to steal the spheres. My only other thoughts is that Rashon is the reason they died. 
That's you th- that's your theory. Yeah, that's been your theory though. Yeah, I, yeah. Um. All right. So moving on, chapter thirty-two. You you are really rocking with all of his family died. Well, they did, didn't they? I mean, we only have it confirmed that Tian is dead. Okay, that is true. That is true. I just kind of made the assumption that his parents were also dead. It's possible. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, maybe not. Maybe they are still alive. I'm not denying. I it. guess they could be I like just, in jail somewhere. I just had the thought of like. We've only, I think, confirmed dead Tia. I don't think we've confirmed dead anybody else. You're, you might be right. Anyway. Anyways, continue. so chapter 32 called Side Carry, our little book bit from this one. Book bit. What book? Book bit says, they lived high atop a place no man could reach, but all could visit. The Tower City itself, crafted by the hands of no man. So this is from Through the Song of the Last Summer is a, f- oh, that says though. Whoopsies. Though the Song of the Last Summer is a fanciful tale of romance from the third century after the Recreants. It is likely a valid reference in this case. See page 27 of Varala's translation and note the undertext. This gives me the vibes of like um, someone like writing things in a book or mm-hmm. like someone's like diary that has like little informations or like a reference page thingy. Someone doing research. Yes. Yes, literally. Do you have any more guesses about who did it? No, I don't. Okay. I don't know how I would know to be honest. Well, who's doing research? Yasna. Could be Yasna. You nailed it. What? What? Is it actually? I don't think it's a spoiler. This is Yasna's like the oh, note really? she's taking. That yeah. makes sense. That y- makes sense, actually. Yeah. She's doing research. So yeah. This can kind of give you uh, things to guess on what she's researching exactly. Yeah. Seeing these little fragments of bits that she's finding. Yeah. That's anyway, cool. continue. Okay. Anyway, so uh, they're still working. We're back with Calden again, by the yep. way. They're still working on uh, carrying the bridge on its side. Yep. Uh, it's It's pretty slow. Pretty slow going, which is not great. Uh, Kaladin thinks that they're going to have to be very careful if they do this because it's just, it's not working super great. Uh, while they're, uh, working, uh, a group of, a soldier starts, like, group of soldiers start bringing in, um, new groups of men for the bridge, for the bridge, the bridges to have. And, uh, Kaladin's like, oh, finally, new recruits. So he goes over to see them, has, he has Rock take over the training, and he goes over there and, uh... Gaz is like, well, this is a sad bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And Lamoral's like, well, not my problem. They're yours. Split them up however you like. And he leaves. Uh, not a big fan of Lamoral still. Yeah. Terrible dude. Lucky guy. Yeah. Uh, so Gaz starts sending them off into different groups for bridges. Uh, he hasn't sent any to bridge four. And Colin's like, Zip hey, up. wait a minute. We have the lowest amount. You just sent however many to bridge six and 14. And now they have a crap ton. Can you send me some too? Yeah. And Gaz is like, I'll give you one. But Kaladin has to pick. And Kaladin picks, yeah. And wait, I, I don't want to do a dramatic reading, but I do want to read what happens. Yeah. I just want to read the, the voice of the guy. Okay, go for it. So as soon as he hears that he could pick one, a voice calls out and says, Hey, Gancho, hey, you want me, I think. And uh, who? what do they see? What does Kaladin see? So it's a short, spindly man. Who's waving to him? And the man only has one arm. Yep. Which is not super beneficial for uh, a bridgeman. Yep. And Cowden's like, this man is only good for stopping an arrow. Which is terrible thought. That is a awful thought. Um, but all- he's not wrong. I'm sure that was their thought process when they yeah. took this guy. He's also a, Hard- a Hardazian, which means he has darker skin and his fingernails are like basically rocks, which is kind of neat. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, he also has a slave mark on his forehead, which is a lot older. And so Cowden's like, this man is smiling, laughing, having a good time. He doesn't realize what he's gotten himself into, but clearly he must have had like a good master also, or something. He was smiling. He's, he's, that's what he's, I said. Yeah, he was smiling. He looks happy, yeah. unlike everybody else. Yeah, that's and, what I said. Yeah, and then then the guy says, 
you can use me. We Herdazians are great fighters, Gone. Um, which it seems to be a re- reference to Kaladin. Somehow Gone is Kaladin for some yeah. reason. And then he says, you see, this one time um, I was with, sure, three men, and they were drunk and all, but I still beat them up. Yep. Um, it's interesting because the man doesn't realize what they're he's getting into. He thinks I... Th- I think he thinks they're going to be like soldiers or something. Yeah. Which is not what they're doing. And Calden's like, okay, I'll take you. And Gaz is like, what? Thanks, you Gancho. pushed me to take the stinking one-armed guy? What are you doing? Thanks, Gancho. You'll be glad you picked me. Yeah. I we So we find out this guy's name is... Um, his name is Lopin. Lopin. And I love I love Lopin. So, He's so funny. So my cousins call me The Lopin because they haven't ever heard anyone else name that. I've asked around a lot. Maybe 100 or 200 people, a lot, sure. And no one else has heard that name. Yeah. It's the Lopin. Yeah. I love, I freaking am such a huge fan of the Lopin. I love Lopin. I he's call funny. him the Lopin every time now. The Lopin every time. Yeah, okay. he's the Lopin. Well, I like Lopin. Um, they get back to where Bridge 4 is, and Rock is like, this new way of carrying Bridge, not useful. Mm-hmm. And right as he says that, the horns go off for a bridge run. And Callan's like, okay, everyone, line up. He tells Lopin to go and get. Um, like a vest and stuff, and get ready. And uh, so Lopin goes and, and does that and starts to get his stuff. And he also tells him to go and uh, get, like, water for yeah. him to carry because Calder doesn't skins. think he can carry the bridge, so he's going to carry water for them instead. And so he goes, and he brings back, like, a crap ton of wood from the the, um, the carpenters, yeah. which is really nice of them that they gave him that. Um, Essentially, he made a little, like, Water skin carrying thing. Yeah, genius. With wood and a tarp. And also, who's helping him? Uh, He's got... Haber is helping him. And Dabid, who still isn't talking. Yeah. Haber is getting a lot better. Uh, You know, Haber can't really move very fast still because he's limping. Yeah. But he is getting a lot better. Uh, so is Leighton is also improving. Um, I think, is it Haber or Leighton who might be able to come back soon? I don't remember. Uh, one of them for sure. One of them should be able to come back and be part of the, yeah. the bridge runs again. Um, but those two are helping him, which is really awesome. I also, and, I love, uh, uh, the Lopin says, uh, they weren't using it, so we took it, and now we're here. Ain't that right, Muli? And Muli means mute because Dauber doesn't talk, and so he just like, Dauber, but the, I mean, debate doesn't talk. And yeah. Dabid, Dabid is, like, nodding, though, and, like, agreeing with him. So yeah. Dabid still doesn't talk, but kind of made a friend. That makes me really happy. That does make me happy. I agree. Um, but they start on their trek, and it's a, it's a very, very long one this time around, uh, which is not great because Cowden knows – he thinks, doesn't think they're ready for the side carry yet. Mm-hmm. But he, there's also a chance they're – like, the chances of them getting there after the Prashendi are a lot higher because this is a very far away, like, trek that they're going on. Um, so they start to get closer, and they stop to put their bridges down, and the scouts go on ahead and come back, and they're like, there's enemies up ahead. Like, we we need to fight. They haven't they're, gotten they're the crystals yet. They're attacking the tower, by the way, yeah. which is like the, the giant plateau that barely ever do they win on. Like we've talk- yeah. They've talked about it before. The tower is huge, and very rarely do the, the athlete win on the tower. Yeah. Yep. Um, but... So they they know there's enemies ahead, which is not great. And so Kaladin gets all his men together, and he's like, we're going to do the side position. Yeah. We're going to do the side carry because we just, it has to happen. That's the only way you guys are going to survive. We got to do it. And so he basically says, I'm going to lead, 
and you just basically follow my my directions. We're gonna do a lot of flip flopping back and forth direction wise. Like we're gonna weave, but you have to be prepared to like change direction. And so that's basically what they do. They they uh, before they run though, Kaladin sees Lamoral see them line up with for the side carry. Yeah, and he gets worried because he's like, "Crap, Lamoral is gonna stop us." And then Gaz walks up and whispers something in Lamoral's ear. Yeah, and Lamoral lets it. But we can assume what it was was they're gonna do a dumb thing. I'm gonna let them die. And Lamoral's like. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, makes sense. Uh, so they they lift up their bridges and they start charging. And Kaladin's idea is they need to get ahead because they are slower going this way, and so they need to get far enough ahead that they can get this over with as quick as possible. And so Bridge Four gets up and they start charging, and uh, they they do get ahead. And Kaladin has this moment where he like feels something inside of him like buzzing, and he gets like. He feels like he's pulling the bridge himself, which I thought was interesting. Like a mix of like adrenaline and probably some of Kaladin's weird power things he's got going on. Why? What power things? Well, we'll talk about this later. Okay. After at the end of the chapter, when okay. it kind of gets brought up. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but anyways, so they they start going. Uh, the Barshendi are getting closer. They're doing like their chanting thing. They're starting to raise their bows, and right before they like let go and shoot off arrows. Kaladin turns sharply, and all the le- all the Parshani arrows hit the side of the bridge, and not a single person in Bridge Four gets hit because it's all hitting the side of the bridge. Dun, 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 dun. Which let me just say, this idea was genius. Yeah, like so smart. Uh, so Kaladin zigzagging back and forth, he can hear the bridge people behind them dying and screaming, and bridges falling. Like they're not they're not doing well behind them. And part of the thing is also. Um, the Parshendi move with a weird level of coordination. Yes. Like, they, they shouldn't be able to be as coordinated as they yep. are. And so, uh, because of that, he could, the waves come really well-timed together. Yeah. So he can turn back and run straight until the next wave would have come and then turn back to dodge it again. Yeah. Uh, so, they're avoiding this. Um, they finally get to the uh, the end, and they they take the bridge off, and they they push it into their spot, and they go into hide. And when they get, like, when this is, happens, they realize that because of what they've done, yeah, the Parshani stopped targeting them and yeah. started targeting all the other bridges. And all the other bridges are doing very poorly. And also, they the other bridges saw what Kaladin was doing yes. and how well it was working. Yep. And so several of them did their best without any kind of practice to shift the bridge into side carry while they were sprinting at archers. Yep. So several bridges collapsed without even being shot at because they were trying to copy Kaladin's side carry. Yes. And so basically the Kaladin realizes crap. The, I ruined the entire assault. The Alethi are going to lose because they've had like maybe six bridges make it. Yep. Soldiers are having to help the bridgemen. Like the bridgemen are all dying. The bridges aren't making it. They don't have enough, like, bridges placed close enough together to get a bunch of people across. Like, it's not going well for them. And Cowden basically just realizes, I'm doomed. I've ruined everything. Like, this yeah. idea I had was great. It saved all my people. I- but I've killed so many others. And now the Alethi are going to fail. Like, he's like, I'm going to be executed I for have this. single-handedly ruined this run. Yeah. It was me, and I ruined it. And Teft and Lamoril know it was me. You mean Gaz? Sorry, yeah, Gaz yeah. and Lamoral. Actually, that's not even true. Lamoral's blaming Gaz. Gaz blames Kaladin. Yeah. Um, and so Gaz and Lamoral come over and... Well, Gaz without Lamoral comes over. It's just Gaz, right? No, it says Gaz and Lamoral with a group of reserve spearmen. Oh, okay. Towards. So Gaz and Lamoral come over 
And Rock, we- I appreciate them so oh, much yeah. for this. Rock and Tef stand up beside Kaladin, and Kaladin has to tell him stand down multiple times because they're trying to protect him, which I love so much. Mm-hmm. Big, big fan of Rock and Teft. Rock is a huge hornier too. He's intimidating. Yeah. I like Tef too. I do too. He's a cool guy. Yeah. The more I get to know Tef, the more I like him. He's a little bit begrudging, but he he does yeah. trust him. Yep. Hey, can we read the interaction? Yeah. Let's do it. Do you have any idea what you've done? Yaz sputtered as he grew near. I've upended the army's strategy, Cowden said, throwing the entire assault force into chaos. You've come to punish me so that when your superiors come screaming to you for what happened, you can at least show that you acted quickly to deal with the one responsible. Gaz paused, Lamorel and the spearmen stopping around him. The bridge sergeant looked surprised. If it's worth anything, Cowden said grimly, I didn't know this would happen. I was just trying to survive. Bridgemen are not supposed to survive, Lamoral said curtly. He waved to a pair of soldiers, then pointed at Kaladin. If you leave me alive, Kaladin said, I promise I will tell your superiors that you had nothing to do with this. If you kill me, it will look like you were trying to hide something. Hide something, Gaz said, glancing at the battle on the tower. A stray arrow clattered across the rocks a short distance from him, shaft breaking. What could we have to hide? Depends. This very well could look like it was your idea from the start. Right, Lord Lamoril, you didn't stop me. You could have, but you didn't. And soldiers saw Gaz and you speaking when you saw what I did. If I can't vouch for your ignorance of what I was going to do, then you'll look very, very bad. Lamoril's soldiers looked to their leader. The light-eyed man scowled. Beat him, he said, but don't kill him. He turned and marched back toward the Alethi reserve lines. The beefy spearmen walked up to Kaladin. They were dark-eyed, but they might as well have been Parshendi for all the sympathy they would show him. Kaladin closed his eyes and steeled himself. He couldn't fight them off. He couldn't fight them all off, not and remain with Bridge Four. A spear butt to the gut knocked him to the ground, and he gasped as the soldiers began to kick. One booted foot tore open his belt pouch. His spears, too precious to leave in the barrack, scattered across the stones. They had somehow lost their stormlight and were now done, their life run out. The soldiers kept kicking. So, poor Kaladin. Kaladin got himself wrecked. Yeah. Also, 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 bring up what you were going to bring up. Okay. So, I think Kaladin gets the stormlight from the spheres. Just like who? So that, just like um, 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 Seth. Mm -hmm. So, Kaladin's a truthless. Okay. You don't Maybe. know. You don't know. I don't actually. We don't know, know that, what truth means necessarily. No, not really. For, but he's something along those lines. We know that. We know that Zeth is a truthless, and he can get power from yes. stuff. We so, don't know exactly how or why. Yes, we know Kaladin also gets the power from stuff, and that's why he hasn't died yet. Is because he's able to like basically reflect the arrows without realizing he's doing it. Uh, that's, he does like the lashings without realizing he's doing it. Yeah, unintentional lashing. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a good theory. Thank I'm not going to confirm it. Thank you. you. Uh, I will <laughs> say you're pretty close. I'm not going to confirm it though. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> um. All right. That's the end of the chapter. Is there any other thing you want to theorize about? Oh, right. The way that she knew that, by the way, is the empty spheres. This is like the fourth time that it's been like yeah. surge of well, power, empty spheres. It was surge of obvious. power, empty spheres. Yeah. Uh, this is about the time that I started, when I first read Two Sydney to make it feel better, about the time where I started being like, huh, maybe it's. Well, I noticed it a while back and was yeah. like, hmm, okay. And this just kind of has confirmed it. If you remember, by the me. way, a while ago, there was a theory that was sent to us on Instagram that I refused to let Sydney read. This is what it was theorizing about. I didn't let you read yeah. it. I didn't want you to get I wanted yeah. you to get it in your own time. And I think you finally got there now. Thank you. Yep. You ready for the ch- next chapter? Yes. We're going to fly through this one. Yep. This chapter is chapter 33, Somatics. It's, a, it's another Shalon chapter. Here's the book bit. 
They changed even as we fought them. Like shadows they were. They That can transform as the flame dances. Never underestimate them because of what you first see. Purports to be a scrap collected from Tele, uh, Teleton, whatever, a radiant of the Order of Stone Wards. The, the source, Gulov's Incarnate, is generally held as reliable, though this is from a copied fragment of the poem of the Seventh Morning, which has been lost. Anyway, uh, Shalon is now wandering through the Palinam. Yep. She is going to collect books that, that uh, Yasna had sent her to get. Um, essentially, and and uh, Yas, Shalon keeps finding herself thinking about how much she could improve these writings. She has skill in writing, in science, and in art. All these other women who wrote these had skill in one, two or three, two or one. None had all three. And she's like, I can fill these holes. I can make this happen. And then she thinks to herself, no, that's not what I'm here to do. I am here to uh, uh, steal the, the thing and nothing else. That is yep. my job. Yep. So she's trying to remind herself that she's a thief and nothing more, which sucks. Yeah. Um, and as we approach the bottom of this page for me, good news, Sydney, we are officially halfway through the book. We just finished the, the, the exact middle of the book. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm not not even joking. This book of mine, my version has 1,001 pages. We just finished chapter uh, page 500 going down to 501. So that's Love exactly it. halfway. Love it. Um. Anyway, uh, Shalon's walking around. She has a, she has a she has a, a um parchment to help her carry books and stuff. Yeah. And while she's walking, she finds um. Uh, what is it? She finds the book that Yasna had been reading a while ago. Well, she's also she leaves the parchment behind and looks at her, like her different um some of the drawings she's done and she's done a couple of drawings right. with Yasna using the Soulcaster because she's trying to figure out how it works. Yeah. So. Uh, she sees Yasna turn some paper directly into fire to get rid of it. Yeah. Or like change wine into crystal in order to um, make a paperweight, that kind of a thing. And she is, she's doing her best uh, to like, she she's also very upset because of the freaking use of like this holy relic to make paperweights. Yeah. She's not a huge fan of that. Um, and also she realizes that Yasna seems to be like transforming thing less than she did before. Uh, when Yasna, like she seems like she's avoiding trying to use it in front of Shalon essentially. Yeah. Um, and then finally, she finds the Shadows Remembered part, the book that that Yasna had been reading. Yep. And it's a collection of children's stories. And she's like, Ugh. but the stories do feature Voidbringers. So if your yeah. theory is correct, that'd be why she's reading it. Yeah. Um, And then uh, as she returns to her place, she finds that Yasna's not there. But our good buddy Capsule is. Capsule, 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 Capsule. capsule. He, I like Capsule. He is the ardent that spoke to her a long time ago in this reading. Uh, and they kind of do like some weird, like talking, flirting kind of thing. Capsule yeah. brought some red and jam to share with her. Can and- we do a quick dramatic reading of part of their flirting? Absolutely. Here it goes. Yasna Colin stopped into my life and proved that even something pleasant could become boring. I see. So she's a harsh mistress? Actually, no, Shalon said. I'm just fond of hyperbole. I'm not, he said. It's a real bastard to spell. Capsule! Sorry, he said, then glanced upward. Sorry. I'm sure the ceiling forgives you. To get the Almighty's attention, you might want to burn a prayer instead. I owe him a few anyway, Capsule said. You were saying? Well, Brightness Yasna isn't a harsh mistress. She's actually everything she said to be. Brilliant, beautiful, mysterious. I'm fortunate to be her ward. Capsule nodded. She is said to be a sterling woman, save for one thing. You mean the heresy. He nodded. It's not as bad for me as you think, she said. She's rarely vocal about her beliefs, unless provoked. She's ashamed, then. I doubt that. Merely considerate. 
He eyed her. You needn't worry about me, Shallan said. Hyasan doesn't try to persuade me to abandon the devotaries. Capsule leaned forward, growing more somber. He was older than she, a man in his mid-twenties, confident, self-assured, and earnest. He was practically the only man near her age that she'd ever talked to outside of her father's careful supervision. But he was also an ardent, so, of course, nothing could come of it. Could it? Shallan, Capsule said gently. Can you not see how we, how I, could be concerned? Brightness Yasna is a very powerful and intriguing woman. We would expect her ideas to be infectious. Infectious? I thought you said I was the disease. I never said that. Yes, but I pretended you did, which is virtually the same thing. He frowned. Brightness Shalon, the Ardents are worried about you. The souls of the Almighty's children are our responsibility. Yasna has a history of corrupting those whom she comes in contact. Really? Shalon asked, genuinely interested. Other wards? It's not my place to say. We can move to another place. I'm firm on this point, Brightness. I will not speak of it. Write it then. Brightness, he said, voice taking on a suffering tone. Oh, all right, she said, sighing. Well, I can assure you, my soul is quite well and thoroughly uninfected. So that's really brief. I just wanted to read it because I love their interaction. Right. They are, I yeah, I just love it. They're cute. Um, and basically, he's come to try and talk to Shalon. Uh, talk to Yasa, sorry. He brought bread and jam to like interact with Shalon. Uh, there's nothing before that really that's super important, right? They just kind of, he's worried about her soul. They flirt for a little while, uh, but he can't. He's the ardent, so they can't actually yeah. flirt. Yeah. Uh, and then he brings out a thing. He's he's kind of, one, tries to recruit, recruit Shalon to his divotary. Yeah. Instead of, she is of purity, the divotary of purity. He's trying to get her to do the divotary of knowledge or whatever. Yeah. Because it's, it's more in her line with what she believes. Even though you're not supposed to recruit people he's still kind of trying to do it anyway yeah and he's also brought some evidence quote-unquote evidence to show the proof of almighty to yasna yeah which is a little metal plate that when you run a bowstring along it in the right way sand sitting in the plate will bounce into the shape of these famous cities yeah showing like god made them here because it works in these vibrations the vibrations have god too um and it's kind of funny because uh he's talking about like God made this perfect for us. Like, it's perfect. And Shalon's like, people made the cities. This doesn't prove anything. Yeah. People made these. Um, and then uh, Shalon slowly realizes that he's kind of guided her to believing what he thinks. He's a good yeah. manipulator almost. Yeah. And Yasna walks in and says, um, and says uh, something that I think is very, very, very funny. Um, because when Yasna walks in, she says, uh, hmm, let me find exactly what it says. Uh, she says, can that plate reproduce a, sim- a somatic pattern corresponding to your Thiru priest, or do you only have patterns for the standard four cities? And Capsule says, your Thiru is just a fable. And she says, odd. One would think that your type would be used to believing in fables. <laughs> Burn! Yikes. Yikes. Got him! Um, but basically the chapter ends with her saying to him, uh, with Yasna saying to Shalon, be careful around him. He, I know you think he's just like a nice guy who cares about your soul. He is going to try and convince you to steal my steal my uh, soul caster because he has before. Not him, but like they have before. Yeah. Try to convince my wards to try and steal my soul caster. So be very careful. And Shalon's like, I don't know what to think now. And chapter ends. I also don't know what to think now because yeah. I really like uh, Capsule. 
But this has made me like him less. Like, he, the beginning, I was like, oh, yes, Capsule. And now I'm like, oh, man, Capsule. Because he tried to convert her, yeah. which is not allowed. Yeah. And he tried to convert Yasna, and he uh, has, kind like... Of just using her. Yes, to get to Yasna. Yeah. Really crappy. But Yasna's also kind of a jerk. But I, she, has a, she has a baller sentence right there at the end where she says... Um, Yas, uh, Shalon's like, that seems pretty presumptuous. And Yasna goes, only if I'm wrong. And I rarely am. Yeah. And I love that. I, I love that baller play. Just want to say that this is going to throw off Shalon's entire thing about stealing the Soulcaster. Mm. Because if it gets realized that, you know, the Soulcaster is gone or something. Might be good, though. Uh, it's gonna, But it's going to look like Shalon did it automatically. Yeah, but the blame will not fall on Shalon. That's true. It's good to have to know someone else is also going after it. Because then the blame doesn't fall on Shalon. Yeah. Alrighty. I think we're... Any other theories about what's going to happen? Not really, no. Okay, now I think it's time to... Rank the characters. Woo! Okay, here we go. It is time now to, to get the character rankings. Uh, to be transparent, we have taken an hour and a half between the last recording and this recording. Yeah, so um, we had a meeting. So we're apologizing real quick. Um, if the last section of like the book was a little bit rushed, it's because Colton and I had a meeting and we looked at the clock and we were like, crap, we have 10 minutes yeah, and we we're not go. done yet. So, so we try to do our best. Now there's a break and here we go. Uh, Who do we see this week, uh, Sydney? So this week we saw Shalon, Yasna, Teravangian, Nambalot, kind of, sort of. Yeah. Um, Kaladin, Gaz, Rock, Taft, Moash, Lamarill, and Syl. And then we saw Liren, and then we saw the Lopin, and we saw Cabzel. All right. And I'll go through what we ranked him this week. This week we ranked Kaladin stays, he's strong as always at number one. We yep. love him. Followed by Shalon because she's back. She's back whoop with a vengeance. Shalon, 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 Shalon. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we got Rock. Cool guy. Love him. Big boy. Then we got Yasna. She seems very passionate about what she's into. Love yep. that. Then we have the Lopin, who seems very positive. Love Just the Lopin. Just so everyone knows, his name is Lopin, but... He's the Lopin. He's the Lopin, apparently, now. Then Seal sneaks in. She didn't. She hasn't done much in a minute, so she's got a pretty low I ranking know. overall. It's sad. Then Taft, right under Seal. Teft also didn't do much this week, but he's still super cool. Then we're into Capsule, who are kind of, we're not sure how we feel about him, but it's mostly positive. Yeah, I like Capsule, but also he's a little sus now. Like, yes. I'm I'm more yes. likely to believe Yasna than I am to believe Capsule Fair. in something like this. So, Followed by Teravangian, the king. Yes. Because he's nice and fine. Then Liren, who complained, but is a fairly decent dad. Then Nambalat, who is just kind of there. Yeah. She's kind of talks on a yeah. stand read for a bit. Yeah. Then Moash, who is kind of being redeemed, but still is kind of a butthole a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but not as terrible as he was. Yes. And now, and then finally we have, uh, in the Wish You Were Dead tier, we got Gaz, because he's no longer the worst, because we got no Lamoril. Uh, we wish worst. him death the most. I wish him extra death. <laughs> extra death. <laughs> extra death. Now it's time to move into top five, bottom five rankings. Sydney, tell us last week's top and bottom five. All right. So last week's top five was Kaladin, Dalinar, Rock, Sil, and Adolin. And then our bottom five from last week was Navani, Elokar, Moash, Sadius, and Gaz. And then this week, we have a little change in the bottom five, but we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. First, go through our top five for us. So our top five, Kaladin stays the same, yep. as always. We love Kaladin. Our second one, Shalon gets add-on. Woo-woo, Shalon. She's back she's after back. how many weeks off? You you keep going. I'm going to see how many weeks she's been gone. She's been gone for a while. And then we have Rock. So Rock stays the same because Rock's a chill dude. We like Rock. And then we have Syl, who also stays the same. We thought about lowering her, but we love Syl. So yes. we can't get rid of her yet. And then at the very bottom of our top five, we have Dalinar. Because even though he wasn't there this week, 
he's still a really cool character, and we weren't ready to kick him off quite yet. Absolutely. It's the same deal as uh, what happened. Because uh, uh, Shalon's been gone for five weeks off our bottom, off our top five ranking, but she's been gone for nearly seven overall, or nearly, yeah. nearly five over. She's been gone longer than she's been off our top five. Yeah. Um, but now it's time to move on to the bottom five. Yeah. So the bottom five, we couldn't pick five people that we really, really, really didn't like. Right. Um, so we only have four this week. Yeah. And therefore we extra hate. Yes. So essentially uh, everyone else who could have been the last the least bot worst character is so much less bad than these four people that it felt wrong to put them on the same list. Yes. So our bottom five this week is a bottom four. Yes. Um but they are like the lowest of the low. So the way we do the points, yeah. they get the bottom four points, and yes. there's just no one who gets the the negative one. Yeah. Point. So yeah. Um. So we'll start with our our second, uh, or I guess our our fourth worst character. Yeah. We have Rashon because Rashon is even though he wasn't literally in this chapter, he he's was a mentioned, and he's a terrible person. They hated from what him. We know. And then we have Sadius as mm-hmm. our uh, third worst. Our second worst for the. Second time ever, ever uh, Gaz. Woo! And then we have a new worst character. Yeah. We have Lamorel. Yeah, Lamorel. Yay. Hate you. <laughs> Very strongly hate you. But Gaz has been dethroned yet again. Plot twist. And so for a point update, Kaladin is finally caught up. He is now equal best as much as Gaz is worst. Now Kaladin has 43 positive points while Gaz has 43 negative points. Our next, I'm going to do an up and comer. Lamaril has joined the list already with a negative five. That's a big leap. Yeah. Uh, and Syl, by the way, for the first time in a minute, has been making some solid progress. Syl has been Syl has been kind of slowly declining off the list for a little while, and now she's she's did a little bit of improvement overall. Yeah. Alrighty. Thank you guys for listening uh, to this week's episode of of uh, Fantasy Book Club. What are we gonna read next week? So next week, make sure you read chapters 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, and 39. So chapters Lots. 34 through 39. So make sure you have those read next week or else, of course, Sydney's going to pop your eye out to make you like Yaz and cut your arm off to make you like the Lopin. Ooh, you're going to be out. Should I do both on the same side or Ooh, one question. on either side? I think make it symmetrical. Left so, arm, right so, eye. Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> that way you won't be completely ruined on one side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you can still get like a good profile shot. Actually, <laughs> if you do if you do both on the same side, they can still get like turned 45 degrees away from camera and, and get a pretty good profile. <laughs> so let's do that way. Okay, okay. Um all right. Also, in a second we're going to say bye. You're going to hear some music. That music is beautiful and it's provided by Alesia, which the song is called Windrunner Remake. You can find him on Spotify at A L E Z E I A if you want to hear more. And we would love it if you did. Also, go follow us on Instagram and give me a give me a, a comment on Instagram this week. We really, really missed the interaction. We haven't had some in a few weeks. Yeah. So go give us a comment down there. Show us, show us, tell us, um, do you dislike Lamrill or Gaz? Tell Ooh. us who you like less. Who is your least favorite? Who's your least Ooh. favorite? All right. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Golden Brat. And I'm Sydney Lyerly. I love you. Peace. Why are you still here? The show's over.